Welcome back, everyone, to the Freightways Enterprise Fleet Summit. Uh, excited to talk about a huge topic in the industry today, and that is recruiting drivers and filling seats uh, in your fleet. Uh, excited today to be joined by Marilyn Serber. Uh, Marilyn and I actually met uh, in 2014 at a CVTA conference that's for hiring student drivers. Uh, my name is Rob Hatchett. I'm president of Seat My Trucks. Back in 2014, I was vice president of recruiting at Covenant Transport. And, uh, and so got to meet Marilyn when she was working at Melton. And, and so for the time that we've known each other, all of our conversations have been around how do we hire drivers and fill the seats uh, of, our, of our fleets. And so now that the industry, this is one of the hottest topics, I'm excited that we get to share a conversation together, but with all of you today. So Marilyn, I'm excited about our talk. Me too, Rob. Thanks so much. And yeah, it's really great to be with you today. And we've been friends for a long time since 2014. And I think the only things we've ever talked about are driver recruiting and fishing. So I'm, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about both of those today. And as Rob said, I used to work at Melton Truck Lines. I spent um, 11 years there doing different things in the driver recruiting space and the field recruiting and military recruiting and safety training and driver training and corporate communication. So got to spend a lot of time there just learning a lot about our our industry. And I've been with 10th Street now for a couple of years. And so been really excited to be able to continue that work um, in driver helping carriers recruit drivers. And I'm just, you know, I'm always happy to talk about these issues that are facing our industry. Um, the same ones, right, Rob, like you said, that we've been talking about since 2014. So I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about your fishing story. All right. Well, let, let, let me dive into that because and here's where it came from, Marilyn. Um, you and I obviously live in the driver world every day. And so, but now that it's being talked about more, we've got people in our industry that just don't live in the recruiting world every day saying, hey, help me understand exactly what's happening now. So I thought, I got to come up with an analogy or a story that just paints the picture of here's what we're facing right now when it comes to driver recruiting and to filling seats. And so I've got a fishing story. Now, I don't know much about fishing. Okay. I'm not a good fisherman. I just think this story fits perfectly. So here it is. Picture that you are fishing in the same pond today that you were fishing in a year ago. Okay. You're fishing in the pond today that you were fishing in a year ago, but there's 18% less fish. And there's a lot more people fishing in your pond and some of their bait looks better than your bait. So how are you going to catch the same number of fish last year that you did last year, this year, if there's 18% less fish and there's more people fishing and there's some good looking bait out there? Now, obviously the analogy is think about the driver world. If there's 18% less drivers, again, there's different numbers out there, and we'll kind of dive in, and I'm thankful for 10 Street and the data that they provided. If there's 18% less drivers, and we know that the demand is so stinking strong for drivers right now that there's more carriers advertising and driver pay increases everywhere, the bait looks better, how are we as enterprise fleets going to continue hiring the same number of drivers? So, so we want to use that analogy and that story today to kind of to kind of guide our conversation. And so, so Marilyn, I, I want to ask you, and I, I know this is something that, that you're really in tune with at 10 Street, but let's talk first about the drop in drivers that I mentioned. Okay, is it 18% less? And where did those drivers go? So, so let's just kind of lay the framework before we kind of talk about some potential solutions. But, but talk to us about where, where, where did all these drivers go? 
Yeah, no, that's a great, it's, I love that analogy because I think it, it does tell the story of driver recruiting and what we see happening this year. And it's something that paints that picture for everyone. And so, you know, to keep with that analogy, you're right. You know, the, the, this, the pond is, is not as stocked as it was last year. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, obviously we all know we're living in a global pandemic and that certainly impacted driver hiring in that environment and the number of drivers that are in the market. You mentioned 18% less. So what does that mean? It, it means that there's just less drivers applying for jobs in trucking um, for a lot of reasons. So at the onset of COVID, right, we had shutdowns and we had a lot of, you know, fear, rightfully so, right? And so that caused companies to make changes oftentimes in their hiring decisions um, that they're still recovering from today. Um, and also a lot of drivers just decided we don't, we're not going to be drivers anymore. Um, if they were close to retirement age, they might've just decided to go ahead and take their retirement. They might've decided to get a local job at home because, you know, their wife just finally said, Hey, enough is enough with this pandemic. I need you to be at home. Um, there, we also saw an increase in final mile jobs, right. And the demand for some of that that work, whether, you know, at, with Amazon and FedEx, that delivery drivers, but also with, you know, just Instacart and Grubhub and DoorDash. So we saw a ton of demand for that go up. And, you know, so now you have people with CDLs, you know, doing those jobs um, because they're, you know, making pretty decent money with the demand and they can be at home. And um, so the market just kind of changed overnight. Right. And that caused us, you know, it changed the whole market. You know, we saw a supply chain change and we saw the demands change. So at the same time, when we're fully in recruiting crisis, right, we have almost more demand and pressure on the supply chain with the way that e-commerce has changed everything um, in 2020. So it's very interesting. And um, it's also interesting to think about, you know, here we are now, 2021. So we're a year later and we're still talking about, well, where did all these drivers go? Um, and some of them haven't come back. You know, we definitely know in, in recruiting that it's cyclical and that drivers kind of come and go based on, you know, when construction is up, usually, you know, we see drivers go and do those jobs and then we see them come back. And we're not seeing that at the same rate that we typically see in other downturns. Um, other things that contributed to um, the driver market shrinking in 2020 was, um, the number of drivers trained. So we know on an average year, around 350,000 new drivers enter the market. So we mentioned that um, overall driver activity is down about 18%, but student activity and what we see um, from with CVTA and the National Association of Publicly Funded Truck Driving Schools and then our own data is that that student activity and new driver activity is actually down around 30%. So less drivers, 30% less new drivers came into the market. Well, that has a lot of effects, right, on trucking. And again, not just in the immediate term, but there's a lot of trickle down and long-term effects of dry, new, uh, less new drivers entering the market. And there's still less new drivers entering the market. So even now today, um, driving schools cannot train the same number of drivers that they were able to train pre-COVID. There's a lot of restrictions that they have, um, whether those are from their company or 
from their state or their lo- their locality or just driver safety, right? We have to still protect new drivers coming into the market. And so they're, you know, they might only be able to train around half of the drivers that they, new drivers that they were able to train uh, before COVID because of those restrictions. And so that, those are real numbers and that's a real impact on the availability of drivers in the market. And we rely on that to move forward. So not just drivers that are hiring students right out of school, but drivers that are hiring, you know, companies that hire drivers with a year experience. Well, now there's 30% less drivers in April, right, that are going to have a year experience because they didn't get their drivers, their CDL last year. So we just see a lot of trickle down effects and we're going to be dealing with this and having to adjust to it, you know, for a long time, right? And so as carriers, we have to think about you know, what are we going to do to attract new drivers? And, you know, Rob, what what are we doing right now to attract more drivers? What do you see from carriers? Yeah, and before I shift to that, Mary, let me throw in a couple more thoughts. Obviously, we had the clearinghouse uh, taken a, a good number of drivers, potentially completely out of the market. And so I've heard 50 and 60,000. Again, that number is, is only increasing each day. And then one thing that I think about that, that I... It's tough to put data around this, but so many carriers are focusing more on retention right now, right? Hey, if we're having a harder time recruiting, then we got to keep our drivers. And so I've heard some carriers talk about the drop in turnover because they're trying so hard to keep their drivers. Well, if turnover goes down, then that's less people in the applicant pool. Now, that's still drivers in the industry, obviously, but for those trying to hire, if turnover goes down everywhere then there's less people to to go after. And so, again, just thinking about, you know, less and less people that if I need to go hire somebody tomorrow, where where's that pond I'm fishing out? No, you're right. The clearinghouse is a great point um, that's removed people. And then, you know, on the retention front, you know, and retention did improve last year, you know, which, which is great um, and for our industry when drivers can, you know, stay where they are. Um, but it makes it hard to recruit them. I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with turnover um, this year. I mean, you know, right, from being in recruiting for so long, you know, driver recruiting and retention are always the top issues, you know. And so it'll be interested to see how they balance each other out as this year, which is, you know, again, going to be a, a year like none other we've ever seen, right? It'll be interesting to see how they play out in the market. So, if we've got less people to go after, then we've got to improve uh, our recruiting skills or our fishing skills if we want to stay with that analogy. And so it's interesting as, as I work with carriers, everybody's looking for for what can we do better as a carrier to attract more drivers. And there's 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 lots of options. And so you see some people that are, you know, again, staying with the analogy, putting more poles in the water. They're hiring more recruiters. They're saying, okay, uh, it's getting more difficult. So let's go hire more recruiters. And if if you jumped on on LinkedIn, I mean, the first 10, 10 posts that I see typically are, hey, I'm hiring recruiters. And so, hey, let's get more people to fight this battle and, and to find more drivers. And so, obviously, along with that, then you've got to generate more leads. And so, if you go talk to a lot of carriers, they've had to, to increase their advertising budgets to get more leads because they've got more recruiters. And so, that's one of those that's that's almost getting getting more people going after those those fish. Other things that you not talked about as much, but hiring area. And so that's one thing that let's say your carrier has a six state hiring area. 
Well, can you add another state or two? And then obviously that may not as be as easy on operations. That may not work as well for your freight network. But if all of a sudden you can hire from a whole nother state, that's more opportunities that you have. You think about hiring guidelines. Some people have required 24 months experience. If you move that to 12 months experience, that allows you more people to go after. And so obviously all that is on a carrier by carrier basis. What can we do to, to, go, to, to have more ammo to go after more drivers? But then we get to what we typically see the most, um, and that is driver pay increases and sign-on bonuses. And that's the one that the market has just continually moved really since June. Now, just think about that. A year ago today, as we were entering COVID, it, there were plenty of drivers a year ago today. I mean, there were carriers who stopped advertising, stopped orientation because, again, manufacturing was closing down. We don't know if we actually need drivers. And so a year ago, we were not having this conversation. And so really, when the world started coming back in June of last year, manufacturing started coming back. That's where it started getting difficult, okay? And so, so since then, it's like, okay, how do we attract more? But there are a lot of people, and I remember this very well in 2018. Remember that? That's when it was tough to hire drivers, too. And a lot of carriers did pay increases two and three times in 2018. But what happened in 2019? Uh-oh, we had a little, little, little correction. And I think everybody remembers that because it was only a couple years ago. And so we're, we're doing these pay increases, but we're, we're still going. But what if, what if we go backwards, kind of like we did in 2019? And so, um, uh, you know, so it, it's one of those just to see carriers' different approaches to the pay side in terms of do we raise cents per mile? You know, there's all different types of pay options out there. Again, sign-on bonuses. But for the most part, everybody's knowing if I'm going to be more attractive to the fewer number of drivers there are, pay is one of those things that attracts people. And so we're looking for the top pay or the top quality job. When there's less people, we've got to look attractive. And so that's where I mentioned earlier about the bait looking better. You've got a lot of bait out there, but, but also something to think about. There are a lot of carriers that have traditionally had uh, lower turnover. You think about a lot of home daily dedicated jobs, a lot of private fleets, to where now they're even entering the water to where they're focused on advertising and hiring more. And so we've got some people hiring in places that, that we, never, we never saw. So there, there, there's that additional competition uh, from some of those fleets. And um, so, but, but we've got to, we got to make our processes as good as possible. So you lot, see a lot of carriers doing that. Um, and then our product, our bait. And so you see tons of, tons of the pay increases, sign-on bonuses. And again, the question is, but where are we going? I mean, it's one of those, the market is still moving. And that's the tough thing for carriers is, is if I do this right now, is that going to be enough? But that's the unknown. And we're all obviously trying to use wisdom uh, to know what's it going to take for my carrier to fill our seats. And you see lots of different uh, strategies that carriers are taking. So, so all that said, Marilyn, so we've got less fish. We know we're trying to look better in the marketplace. We're trying to, to, to have better processes. But at the end of the day, I think you and I and the whole industry knows we got to get more fish in the water. We got to get more people in our industry. We got to get more class A drivers that want to drive tractor trailers. And, and that is the key to long-term growth, getting more opportunities. And so I know you are totally plugged in with the CDL schools. And so what are, what are you hearing right now about new entrants into the market as that's got to be the long-term uh, uh, solution 
uh, for this driver recruiting, for filling seats, is we need more people. So what, what are the schools saying as we sit here today? No, no, you're you're exactly right. We have to have more um, fish in our pond. And, you know, you're very active in our industry. And so, you know, kind of at that level, that's an industry issue. And ATA and TCA, you know, are kind of working, are working always on that issue. Now, trucking has benefited um, from good publicity because of COVID, right? And so I think, you know, that's great. That image and that projecting that positivity about our industry, I think is all 100% positive for truck driving schools and, you know, getting, attracting new people into our industry. So hopefully we're able to keep up that momentum, right? And, you know, the Drive Safe Act, um, which is going to allow, um, hopefully, interstate um, CDL travel driving um, for 18 to 20-year-olds, you know, that hopefully that that is going to be a reality sometime in the nearer future versus the longer future, right? So we have all of those things happening kind of at a higher level that it's working on a long-term plan to solve the driver shortage that has been a huge topic in our industry for forever. Um, but in the nearer term, right, in recruiting crisis 2021, you're like, the Drive Safe Act isn't, isn't helping me. So what are these schools doing? You know, what is happening? How are we getting more drivers right now? Well, in truck driving schools, we talked a little bit about the limitations that they have, but, you know, they, ha the schools that I talked to are busy. They have waiting lists. So they're training drivers really just as fast as they can. Um, you know, some of the bigger schools um, that have multiple locations are opening. You've seen opening up new locations, you know, to meet the demand of people, you know, wanting to be truck drivers. And so that's all um, net positive. Um, it just has, it can't happen fast enough, right? It takes, it takes time. You know, when somebody starts truck driving school, um, their program is at least three weeks, right? Maybe longer, depending on the program they go to. And then they have to go to orientation at their carrier, which is, at, you know, three days to three weeks. And then they have to go out with a trainer, um, which is two weeks to six weeks, maybe, depending on the company. And so that's a long time before that driver who's starting truck driving school on April 1st is working for a carrier and even longer before they're actually making money for a carrier. And so we have the we have the people who are wanting to enter our industry. We're just having it's just going to take time for them to get to us. And that's without delays, right? So there is still testing delays in a lot of states, um, which is another barrier for new entrants. So if a driver graduates from truck driving school, then they have to sit for their exam, right, to be licensed to go to work for a carrier. So we're seeing delays, you know, for weeks and, you know, over 30 days in some places. And so we actually lose drivers. So you know, how are, how can carriers help with that is to be involved and know their state issues, right? And be involved on a state level because that's just losing drivers. So whether you're the carrier that hires the student right out of school or you're the carrier relying on those other carriers to hire that, that guy or gal and keep them in their program for a year so that then you can hire them, it impacts all of us, whether we're hiring students or not. Um, but the, but the schools have students and they want, you know, they're training them as fast as they can. Um, you know, driver trainers is also a, a big issue. Are there enough driver trainers, not only um, at truck driving schools, but at your carrier? So, you know, building, building that up. And so, you know, as far as schools go, they're poised to have a great year. Hopefully restrictions will, 
will loosen um, as we get further in the year and they'll be able to resume normal training levels. But I haven't talked to any schools um, yet this year that are training at the level that they were pre-COVID. And so that kind of tells us, right, where we're at and, you know, what we need to be thinking about as far as that goes for this year. Yeah. And so so that's obviously one pool of, of drivers to get more into the industry. So through CDL school training, getting new entrants. There's another group that as we think about how do we get more people driving uh, class eight trucks, CDLA, there are a lot of people that have a CDLA with an active med card that just don't have recent experience. And this is something that I see a lot as we get applications in. A lot of carriers, every carrier has different hiring guidelines, but a lot of carriers say you've got to have a certain amount of experience in the past 12 months. Or you can only have so much unemployment in the past 12 months. Again, different guidelines from every carriers. But I'm seeing lots of applications where this person has a CDLA. They've got a good driving record. They just don't have recent experience. So it's not a it's not a student coming out of CDL school. But think about think about the person that's been on unemployment for the past 12 months. They've got a license. They want to drive, but they don't qualify because of the recent experience. Think about someone who's been driving final mile delivery. All right. That may not be a class A license, but they've got it. They've been doing that for two years, but now they're ready to go back over the road. Well, they don't qualify because they don't have recent experience. And so who knows what that number actually is? Let's say it's 250,000 people that have a class A license that have been doing something else, whether they're driving final mile or they're sitting at home on uh, with unemployment or they've just been doing another job. Those people want to come drive. And so, so often they have to go through a refresher program. It could be called a lot of stuff, a requalifying process. And so that's where that, besides just students coming out of CDL school, I'm going, we've got a big number of people that have to be requalified. And so that's where every carrier may have a different process. Again, do they have to go out with a trainer? Does the carrier offer an on-site refresher program? Do they partner with a school to have a refresher program. As you said, the schools are full right now, so it's not like they can you know, take on additional refresher people. But that's where, as I'm thinking about getting more people into the driver pool, it's like, we need to get some of these people back. They got their license four or five years ago. They just don't have recent experience, and they don't qualify based on hiring guidelines for a lot of carriers. Well, how are we going to get them back if they want to come back? And so that's one thing that I've been really, especially these past couple of months, seeing these people going, they're wanting to drive that there's just not that many carriers that have a process, a program to help them become qualified. And, and I think that's a big number if we could figure that out. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Rob. There's a lot of people. Um, I know that formula that we always used to use, right, is more time off the road than on the road. Um, and so they need to be retrained. And so um, I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, partnering with your local with your local tech, you know, trade school or technical school. Sometimes they have resources um, to help or they can help you get resources. But, you know, carriers, especially, you know, enterprise fleet carriers, you know, is there some type of refresher course, you know, that you might be able to do with your driver trainers or with your orientation supervisors or, you know, something um, that may not be what something, a program that you would put in place permanently, but that you might be able to gear up and something that you can do to just meet the 
immediate need. You know, you're right. And you talked about also evaluating your process. So how are you tracking these guys? You know, what, how are you coding them or labeling them so that you can find these folks that, you know, do have older experience or they have, you know, more time off the road than they were on the road so that you can then go get them. So you can do a targeted campaign for them if there is a program that you can put in place. And so, you know, thinking about that is a great point, Rob, that I don't know what that number is either, but there has to be, you know, thousands and thousands of those drivers out there if we can figure out, if carriers can figure out a way to put something like that in place, you know, pretty quickly. And I'll tell you one thing that uh, kind of as we close it, that I think we just got to be careful of that I get asked a lot thinking about that that new person coming in from CDL school or that person coming back uh, to, to driving is that I get asked a lot, well, if we're going to driverless trucks, then am I still going to have a job? Now, I love the technology that's happening in the trucking space. And obviously in the recruiting world, we use technology all the time. But it's just interesting as we want more and more drivers right now. And then sometimes they ask, but but are you going to driver less? And again, I know sometimes we want to turn that conversation. A lot of times we talk driver assisted trucks. We need you, you know, but it's just interesting because some of them go, hey, I've heard this. Am I going to have a job in a year? And so that's just where, again, obviously it's an industry, love the technology, but controlling the narrative to go, no, no, we, we do want you. We do have a job for you. So I do have that question a lot. So that's been interesting. Yeah, it certainly is interesting. I think, and you're right. I think, uh, you know, we... Um, controlling that narrative and using that term driver assisted technology, I think is really important. And, um, you know, just kind of, you know, spreading that message, you know, to our CDL schools and, you know, folks that might even, you know, aren't even thinking about truck driving yet, but making sure that we are putting it out there, we're still going to need drivers, you know, I'm kind of of the school that thinks this te- the technology um, is actually going to help us recruit different people into this industry that maybe we wouldn't have access to before. And so um, I think it's the messaging is, a, is the, is so important to just make sure that we, we love drivers and we, we, we need them and we're going to continue to need them. So. Well, great. Well, Marilyn, I have loved having this conversation with you and, and with others. And uh, obviously uh, it'll be interesting to see where we are six months from now, but uh, I know that, uh, uh, like I said, our, our focus is is finding more people. That's the long-term solution that choose our great industry. And and it's nothing that the, the two of us can solve. It's all of us working together. And, uh, and I feel like that's happening in the industry. I feel like there's momentum to say we as a group, as an industry, need to team together to get more people choosing us. That's the long-term solution. And so... Um, so hopefully as the months go on, uh, we'll continue, continue to see messaging out there that, that attracts more people to our industry and, and gets more fish in the pond. Hopefully that's been a, been a good analogy today. Yes, I have appreciated it. I love talking to you got you and others about all of this stuff and I'll look forward to us, you know, talking about it again in six months when we have six months more worth of data and things to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks everybody for joining us. Yeah, thanks guys.